back to another episode of Miserable or Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to give us five stars on uh, where you get your podcast. For this one, it'll be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Stitcher. Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com, for blog content and merch. All right, let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Dustin, kick things off. Hell yeah. So I got good, bad, and ugly for you this week, actually. Uh, good. Duke Carolina, new chapter this week. Uh, Saturday night, six thirty. Big boys take the floor in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, two-time national champion John Shire versus one-time national champion Hubert Davis. Um, it's <laughs> it's it's going to be an ex- it's exciting to see a new era, especially if these two coaches end up working out and it's long term. They could be facing off for at least 20 years if Hubert won't stick around that long. Uh, John's 35. Hubert Davis, I believe, is 52. Um, so they could have a lot of fun matchups in the years to come. Uh, this is a real rivalry um, with real stakes year in and year out, unlike some of the other ones they talk about on ESPN from week to week, like I texted the guys about um, earlier Pretty this Indiana. week. <clears throat> so, uh, I believe you said it was milk country. Yeah. Out in milk country, they have a whole lot of rivalries that are lopsided. So um, in this rivalry, it's actually parody and both teams are good. And that's why it's a real rivalry and it's fun on top of being close to one another and living around one another. Not to mention you got pesky little NC state and every now and then wait for us. So uh, <laughs> anyway, big time game this weekend. Um, it's, it's good that it's it's a good time of year. Everybody loves go to Hell Carolina week. Um, so here we are. My bad is I can't watch the game because we're going to be at Road Trip to Raleigh. Um, so I have to stand around and listen to music and hang out with these guys in Raleigh instead of watching the game. So I'll be just a, a few miles down the road, you know, checking my phone furiously for updates and uh, and just hanging around with these guys instead of Watching a basketball game. Life is pretty awful. There's TVs at that bar, I'm pretty sure. There's two <laughs> TVs. <laughs> Up in the top. Yeah. Where what we're talking about that bar America is. Oh, sorry. Lincoln Theater. Lincoln Theater <laughs> in Raleigh, North Carolina is where Road Trip to Raleigh is every year. American Aquarium puts it on. Capacity uh, nine hundred. <laughs> capacity about nine hundred. Standing room only. Unless you're pregnant and they'll get you a bar stool. And um Upstairs, there's a uh, there's a little bar in the back that they have a couple TVs Downstairs. over. Downstairs, when you walk in, I think they have two TVs on either corners. One's in the northwest and one's in the northeast corner. Well, I think I think that's just for um, for beer list, ain't it? Or it's beer it? list, and then I think it maybe I should know this. I've been going since 2015. Maybe they show a feed of what's on happening on stage. I don't yeah, know. If you you're at the bar, why are you looking at the TV? You know what I mean. Yeah, well, sure. Some of us have better things to do. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, can't watch the game, so that's that's bad. Um, although I would like to point out my uh, Morgan, you'll, and that always goes well for you. Yeah, well, that sucks too. So it's and and Duke's undefeated at home this year, and it's at home, and I'm going to be around you. I should stay away from that. I may not come this weekend. Um, <laughs> 
Morgan, there's a Southwest Virginia connection Saturday night. Um, my wife reminded me of this. Morgan Wade, who's opening, <clears throat> is from Southwest Virginia and was discovered, in a sense, uh, at Floyd Fest in Virginia. <laughs> um, so, you know, always got that little Southwest Virginia connection going on with all the things we do. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> so my ugly is uh there's there's a couple of things one i uh god bless the auditors in the world because uh they brought two things to my attention brian kelly got overpaid by a million dollars by lsu this past year and the pac-12 got overpaid by comcast by 50 million dollars um i you know morgan i know you do work in this realm if you ever paid somebody about a hundred bucks or let's say a thousand, how do you think that would go? Um, if I pay someone a ton of money, it's going to, uh, ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. So I just am curious, like how did this happen and what, what, what are going to be the consequences of this? How do you, how do you overpay by a million and $50 million? I know these are, these are almost the same scale in a sense because a million dollars to Brian Kelly's contract and 50 million to whatever the Pac 12 is getting is it? It's probably a similar percentage. How can you be that off? And you shouldn't be in the payroll accounting bookkeeping field if you can't do, do that kind of math. Where the hell is the checks and balances at? Yeah. Like, True. Someone needs to be near. You know, I mean, it's like having a controller comes to the office the next day to, to you know the, do the deposits and check the update the checking account book. Go, huh? Fifty million dollars just kind of uh, vanished overnight. Where, where'd that happen? Where, where'd that go? Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not talking two two pennies there. Um, fifty million. It's uh, like, hey, boss, you're not getting that throw rug for your office today. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Isn't it anyway. one last thing, though? What about the people who collected the money? Like, they knew how much money they were supposed to take in throughout the, the year. Theoretically, right? Like, somebody at the Pac-12 and, and some accountant who works for Brian Kelly, because um, I, I doubt he pays that close of attention to it. Um knew how much he was supposed to get right and everybody what did everybody think they were like you know what but we're just going to keep this quiet and just just let it happen it's like somebody's going to find it eventually that makes you yeah that's pretty bad yeah so So, if you have how much money did he got overpaid by a million bucks right kelly that's the reporting yeah a million dollars and what does he get paid? I mean, we don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's more than 2 million, right? Which is what you need to retire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious at what point do you get to where you just stop? This is not where I'm at, but <laughs> at what point do you get to where you just start living and you just stop checking the bank account? <laughs> you don't even know when an extra million hits your account. I mean, it must be nice to be so authentic and everything. Yeah, but he's it, he definitely has people at his oh, position. Yeah. He 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 has not a person. He has people. He has accountants. He has an agent. He has all kinds of stuff going on. 
And I'm sure his wife probably was like, oh, this looks healthy. I I got a couple of extra trips I need to take to the, I mean, I don't what, know, somewhere. What, what is he doing? He, he's going he, uh, in the, at the damn gas station and his phone dings and he sees a large extra amount of money in his trip. <laughs> he just pick up a peck and gum. I'll get this too. I think I can afford that today. He, <laughs> he's probably just like, well, we beat Bam. I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Nick Saban bump. <laughs> I just... Did he yes, get, I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> was it a don't payment or did they pay him over a year and they just got the decimal wrong or something and it was a lot of money? Either way, I mean, because if, if you, you decimal, divide that by, let's say he gets paid weekly, which he, I'm sure he does not. Let's say he gets paid weekly. That's still uh, a big rounding error. So, you know. Yeah, I just must I, I'm not even gonna say it must be nice. It just it must be interesting to have that kind of money to where you have plausible deniability of like, oh, does this is this not how much is in my bank account? <laughs> right. Oh, so you're telling <laughs> me my check wasn't supposed to be that big. <laughs> oh, yeah, take take whatever. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just wrote him a check. It would it be funny if, what would be it have been funnier is if he would they would have filmed him with like a little tiny checkbook like you like grandma's used to write their groceries out on be like oh here's twenty dollars and 17 cents sonny and he just like whipped one of those out and wrote a million dollar check and gave it back to him and, and it didn't bounce and then copied it in the ledger up top <laughs> <laughs> so sorry we believed you're good bad and ugly <laughs> no I mean, I didn't think that our the I knew we'd have a little fun with it. I didn't think we'd have that much fun with uh auditing, but there we go. Good, bad, and ugly. Duke Carolina this week. Going to road trip with Raleigh, uh, which is only bad because I can't watch the game. And uh apparently Brian Kelly got overpaid. And Pac twelve did too, but Pac twelve's not worth a lot anyway, so whatever. They they needed the money. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Comcast to send that to the ACC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morgan, good, bad, and the ugly. All right, well, I got a good, great, and awesome. So I'm doing pretty good here. Let's see. Took the uh, the little the little Rugrats to see Grandma this past weekend. Gave Crystal a weekend to her so so she could get some stuff done, some work done because um, she went to New York on um sunday for work and has been out there since sunday and comes home tomorrow that takes me to uh my great which is it's just been pretty much me taking care of the kids since then and uh i've been killing it both kids are asleep and fed and hadn't killed either one of them yet (laughs) 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 but yet they haven't killed me yet so that's it can you confirm or deny that you use the Napton product? No, I don't. I, no, nothing. I'm I'm impressed. That's even more impressive than <laughs> whiskey on the gums every night. <laughs> like that mm, waste. I don't know that whiskey on my gums. <laughs> Keep a little bottle right beside the bed for any nighttime ner- uh, terrors. <laughs> Good for you, man. That's awesome. Um, and then, of course, the awesome is just an ongoing conversation since about 
November of last year is that uh, latest reports on Dan Snyder and the, the uh, Washington commodes is that um, they expect it to happen sooner rather than later, and they expect sometime after Super Bowl week to have some kind of announcement. So it looks like uh, things are finally over with with uh, shithead. <laughs> Once proud franchise killed it. Didn't. He didn't just kill it. He he beat the hell out of it, murdered it, cut it up, then like, burned uh, it. it was, he might as well be a damn undercover agent from the Cowboys. Just <laughs> to destroy the team because. We embarrassed his damn Cowboys in the '80s so much. After after he sells the team, he, he's going to be in Jerry Jones's box and be like, ah, "I was a Cowboys fan all along, guys." <laughs> I at totally least that, it. I would at ex- least that would give us an explanation as to how awful he was. It was on purpose. He's not that incompetent. <laughs> I would at least respect it at that point. You know what I mean? Because at least it was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> They, they 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 zoom they zoom in on him. He's got like big fat cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, like a ten bucket gallon hat, and a fat cigar. And it's like you fuckers thought I was a Redskins fan. <laughs> he takes <laughs> off his jacket, and there's a Dak Prescott jersey underneath. <laughs> oh well, it will be interesting. Very WWE if he does that. <laughs> That's it, though. All right, Ryan. Good, bad, and the ugly. All right. I'll tee off that. Um, I didn't expect that, but that's fine. Or the Cowboys and both the other two teams in that oh so fine of finest divisions. Um, the Giants played the Eagles in a playoff game, and the Eagles won. Well, actually, the Giant or sorry, the Eagles won. Then they played the 49ers, and then the Eagles beat the 49ers. That's what happened this week. The uh, what was it? The Empire State Building in New York City was lit up with Eagles colors. Okay, I get it. Um, kind of, maybe, sort of, maybe it's cute. I don't know. I mean, I my office for a company I used to work for used to be in New York City in Manhattan, right next to the to the Knicks Stadium, whatever that's called, Madison Square Garden. Um, and uh, you know, I get it. There'd be a lot of Philadelphians that would get on the Amtrak or the Acela. And they, you know, make their way up to New York and then they come back at the end of the night and that's how they commuted to work. So, but they lived in Philadelphia. So you can't tell me that it's Philadelphians that are living in New York City that are excited about this. More to the point and more to the point of this podcast, uh, this would never, first of all, the thing I texted you guys was Northerners are soft. This would never, (laughs) this would never, ever happen in the South. Can you imagine I don't know if Alabama, I probably should know. I don't think Alabama has a bell tower. Well, could you imagine Alabama turning their stadium, Bryant Denny Stadium, just lighting it up in blue and orange just to support Auburn for beating, you know, 
<laughs> Florida in an unrelated game or something, you know, like, oh, congratulations, Auburn, on beating Florida in the national championship. Like, Alabama's not, I don't care what game they won, they're not changing their stadium. And I can tell you that uh, we do have a bell tower. And by we, I do very clearly mean the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill that I did not go to. So we (laughs) have a bell tower and we do not, there's one color that that tower changes. It's either floodlights or it is Carolina by God blue. (laughs) That is it. It does not change to red. As a matter of fact, there are some people that rumor that we actually stole our idea of lighting up the tower from our rival. (laughs) That is how the the South works. (laughs) That is how Southern football works. That is how rivalries work, uh, whether it's basketball or football or whatever. So I have a bone to pick with the North. I'll just (laughs) leave it at that. I do. I do think that the, uh, the Raleigh bell tower and the, uh, Duke chapel probably were lit up Kansas Jayhawk blue last April. So, (laughs) but that's, that's more the enemy of my enemy is my friend scenario. Yeah. (laughs) Certainly not somebody who's like just down the street. (laughs) We, we were celebrating that, that our enemies lost. Like it would be acceptable if the empire state building team, um, you know, post Super Bowl and post a Patrick Mahomes win would light it up Chiefs colors, right? That would be, I'd be like, okay, I respect that because you, then you're just throwing a thumb in the eye to your division rival. That, right. that I like that. The whole lighting it up um, with the colors of your division rival. Yeah, no, that's, that's as the old WWE tag team from a few years, a few years ago used to say, that's S A W F T, soft. <laughs> <laughs> So I saw that. And now, if you want the full story, apparently you can pay money because that's always the problem here, right? You can pay money to be a part of some group that you can then, if you pay enough money, you can change the colors of the Empire State Building. However, apparently that's not what happened here. Apparently they did it the night before to honor, who was it, the one the night before? Probably the Chiefs, right? So um, whatever. We've beat that to hell and rightfully so <laughs> so that's my ugly um so i was gonna have a good sad in the ugly and work my way backwards from that i'm actually surprised uh i guess we're a couple of days removed from it but um i'm kind of surprised that none of you guys brought it up but maybe i'm jumping the gun with logan um billy packer passed away and uh and i was gonna bring that up um he passed away he was relatively old um I want to say 80, 82, 84. I think it was 82. So he lived a pretty long life. Um, here's the reason why I'm bringing it up specifically on this podcast. People may know that we talk about Packer and Durham. There's a show on the ACC network that his son, Mark Packer hosts. His son is not young. Um, his son is, is, is well into his fifties, if not sixties. Um, Packer, obviously being the son of Billy Packer, Mark Packer being the son of Billy Packer. Wes Durham being the son of Woody Durham. Woody Durham has also passed on recently. He was a longtime voice of the Tar Heels. Wes Durham and the two of them are kind of like the next ones up. Um, maybe like, I don't, I don't know if I call them boomers, but like the Generation Z almost, the elderly version of that that are kind of bringing the ACC along and kind of have the knowledge passed down to them, if you understand the tribal way I'm saying that. Well, part of the reason why for that happening that is Billy Packer was so prominent um, certainly in my life growing up, um, Billy Packer was, uh, 
constantly on AC, uh, doing ACC games. Um, he first of all, he graduated from Wake Forest. We let him um, play basketball at Wake Forest. We talk about like back in the in the days of the Golden Four or the um, the Big Four. Um, uh, Wake Forest was a part of that back in the day. Um, Billy Packer is a big reason why uh, they won two ACC titles with him in four years. Um, it was pretty much as soon as he graduated, he was an assistant coach um, at Wake. Then he began a career broadcasting in Raleigh. Um, he basically was almost immediately asked to be a color analyst for the ACC, which is no different from any other player coming on and, and um, uh, like nowadays coming on and, and, and uh, Joel Barry or um, uh, I, I got to think of a Duke guy to keep it <laughs> copacetic, but I'm losing the, the Duke, the big Duke guy. Uh, Carlos Boozer. Thank you. That is also on uh, quite a bit. Um uh, to do color one time national champion, two time NBA all star Carlos Boozer. There you <laughs> go, <laughs> a lot of championships with those Duke boys. In gold medalist, also in 72, they were asking these guys to do the same thing. So you could say that he may have been the blueprint, I'm not sure, or the first one to potentially do that. Um, he worked with NBC and CBS. I got here, he covered every NCAA men's division one basketball championship from 1975 to 2008. Uh, I believe that's 35 years. Uh, eventually he got replaced by Clark Kellogg, but then he went on to reunite, uh, to, sorry, uh, go back to the studio with Bob Knight. So he's not working with slouches here. Um, and then the best part that I saw, uh, including a lot of that with Jim Nance, but the best part that I saw, and I didn't know this about him until I looked it up. Did you guys know that he was a color commentator for something called the Putt Putt Professionals Putters Association? <laughs> no idea about that. I didn't know what this was either. So apparently it was in the 80s. He called the, and I quote, historic 1982 PPA National Championship, which featured four Hall of Fame players among the eight contestants. Now I would like to know how to get into the Putt Putt Hall of Fame. So, <laughs> That'll be what I'll do with the rest of my uh, with the rest of my night. I'll be researching that once we get off here. <laughs> it's interesting you talk about him going into color commentating because I I saw this by happenstance the other day on the ACC Network. It was completely by accident too. He was just happened yeah. to be around and they needed somebody to fill in last minute, and they said, "You you look like you could be able to do this," and they they picked him up to like be a color commentator. And then they just kept asking him to come back and it turned into a career. And, you know, he, he was very influential on the ACC and was a, a mainstay. Like Jordan and I did a, um, a piece on it on tailgate season last night about Billy Packer and Raycom. Um, that's available tailgate season available on Spotify and Apple podcast. If you're interested in hearing that, but we, uh, we were just talking about like, you know, growing up in ACC country, Raycom had at least one of the Duke Carolina games always, um, around here, like it was nationally on ESPN, but around here it was blacked out on ESPN. And you had to watch it on Raycom. WRL will be running with the Battle of the Blues, and Billy Packer was almost always uh, the guy on the call. And um, I'll tell this briefly here, like I did there. Probably my favorite Billy Packer call of all time was the 2008 Final Four, Kansas versus North Carolina. Kansas scores a bucket to go up 39 to 12 with like six or seven minutes to go in the first half, and he goes, and with that. This one is over. <laughs> and then his uh, broadcast partner was like, that's a that's a bit bold for you to be saying uh, with six minutes to go in the first half. And he goes, well, it's true. <laughs> he did always speak his mind. Uh, one of the ones he's famous for that, that Dustin will appreciate is um, 
when uh crap now i'm gonna blank on what year it was i think it was 91 um when um and now i should remember who hit the three this is the second time i've blanked on a duke player on this podcast this is how you know it's live um came down the court and jacks up the three and he goes uh, at the end of the game and his his exact comment and it's one of those things where you try and nowadays you would call this like the uh the announcer jinx he goes and duke really doesn't need a three here as whoever it was <laughs> uh jacks up a three and it goes in it's like one of the biggest shots in like duke history it sealed the game for him but he's always known and he's always taken a little good nosed ribbing or a good natured ribbing about the fact that he said and duke doesn't need a three here and I could I could look up and see who it was who hit the shot, but it's probably uh anyways. I just thought that that was funny. And that's like one of the things that he's like known for. So oh well, he's he's moved on and um man, he had a hell of a run. So kind of fun. He was a fixture. Uh I'm gonna guess it was Bobby Hurley. I just Googled the Googled the uh It was. I'm just enjoying you. Struggling over here. <laughs> That's fine. Robbery week. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I block him out. To be quite honest, I'm doing pretty well watching uh, Carolina games with Dustin. I, I'm I'm actually undefeated uh, since we started watching games together, including. Good thing we can't watch it. <laughs> so, and then uh, my good uh, is I'll keep it very 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 simple. Uh, nine of ESPN's top fifty recruits. For football or coming to the ACC currently. So uh nine of the top 50 are currently coming to the ACC next year. So in case you were uh yet again tired of hearing us talk about the ACC, um in case you want to know for the SEC, uh it's 20 yeah. <laughs> it's 23 uh, of the top I was 50. about to say it was the SEC 30. <laughs> it's 23 currently. Um, and they're rumored by the time it's all said and done, some are uncommitted by the time it's all said and done, it's rumored to be closer to 34. So if you're you're keeping track at home, America, the SEC and the ACC, you have, if all goes according to plan, if you have 34 plus nine, I can do that math at home. My brain is not that brain dead. That is 43 of the top 50 ESPN recruits that are coming to the South. In case you're wondering why we do a whole podcast about Southern football. Uh, but yet again, and uh, the pack, the pack 12, it sounds like they got some extra money to pay those extra seven recruits. I'm assuming <laughs> milk country got none of those recruits. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that we're like, it's become milk country in the conference with Rutgers and Rutgers has nothing to do with milk country, but you know, that's modern college athletics. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the big 12 too, for all you know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that leaves me. Um, I'll start off with a good. Um, my good was Dustin's bad. You know, um, the road trip to Raleigh is this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Get to see all these guys. Get to go see American Aquarium and Morgan Wade. I'm uh, more excited about seeing Morgan Wade just because I don't think I'm going to be able to see a full band performance from her in a venue th- like this small, probably uh, again. Um, she's really been blowing up over the last year and a half or so and i so i'm really excited about that being the the opener this time around always a good time should be fun and um 
it's not really relevant to listeners of this podcast, but if you feel so inclined, you can check it out. But I'm, I'm putting together a blog article with some like recommendations. I'm going to get some input from the guys here once we get done recording on anything they want to include, both like places to hit when you uh, come to Road Trip to Raleigh, any like restaurants, bars, anything to see um, that, that might be of interest to anybody from the country and cold cans uh, side of things. Because I know that there's a good bit of people that travel to this show from all over the country. So I'm putting something together like that of just from our perspective of years of going me having lived here for a long time, you know, just some, uh, local spots that, you know, be worth your while if you're here for the weekend. Um, uh, my, the other good is, you know, DJ Burns had a, a monster game against Wake Forest and a big road win for the pack 31 points, nine rebounds, uh, in Winston Salem the other week, especially with Terquavion Smith being, in foul trouble. <laughs> I mean, he really stepped up in a, in a big way, pun definitely intended. And, uh, he, he, he's just got such a soft touch, good footwork, but also he's just so big. I mean, the rivals call him fat, you know, I, I don't body shame unlike those in Chapel Hill, but <laughs> he, he's like a, he's a big dude. He's like, it's hard to guard him. I mean, but, uh, it, the Wake Forest fans were chanting whopper at him during the game. And then, you know, that just added fuel to his fire and he dropped 31 and nine on him. So, you know, opposing fans keep chanting Whopper at the big boy from, from Raleigh. I I think he, he'll eat it up. Um, Doesn't burger make more sense? It flows off the tongue better. Burger burns. (laughs) (laughs) Burger burns. Burger boy burns. (laughs) Uh, I had one more that I, I, it was something you guys said earlier. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't what you said. I saw it on the TV. Um, big kind of like news that I was surprised by. We, Jordan and I talked about on tailgate season that we had an over-under on four wins total for the year for Louisville. And we looked at their schedule and we were like, they're going to be hard-pressed to get to four wins. But the surprising and my good, good and surprising of the night is they beat Georgia Tech. So that's bad for the Yellow Jackets. They beat Georgia Tech tonight by, I think, like 10. So Louisville now has their third win on the season. And so they at least won't be finishing the <laughs> this season with only two wins, but now they just got to see if they can steal one more before the year is over to get to that magic four number that we said on tailgate season was probably impossible for this year's Cardinals team. But I saw that and was blown away. I was like, Lord have mercy. Louisville did it. Those crazy yeah. sons of bitches. They did it. <laughs> yeah. I, they, they needed it. Georgia tech is bad. So Duke went down and played them in Atlanta over the weekend, and it was the fourth largest or third largest, no, second largest ACC road victory ever for the program. Like, they doubled them up on points. So this Georgia Tech team is a long ways from Coach Face Shield winning the ACC title. So what, um, scare, what scares me about that and them losing Louisville and the fact that we've already beaten them in Atlanta is we play them on Saturday at home. It would be very <laughs> NC State of us for them to come off a loss to the worst team in possibly the history of the ACC and NC State to lay an egg at home on a Saturday. <laughs> that would be very NC State. It, it's like, the, I'm telling you, sometimes I think sports are rigged because it's like I can write the script for what could happen on Saturday. Mm. A historically bad shooting night. DJ Burns gets in foul trouble. <laughs> and Georgia Tech pulls off the stunner on the road. <laughs> Start blaming the nest, the rest now, because that's what we're going to have to hear about on Saturday. Well, I mean, 
when I have statistical analysis that backs up my points, I mean, it's not it's not all conspiracies. But we'll save that for another episode in case we want to go down that road <laughs> on miserable and reckless. <laughs> but speaking of uh, sports and speaking of things people say are scripted, Super Bowl is coming up in about a week. Um, it's a big thing in America. Let's just call it a spade a spade. I guess the thing is, to us here on Miserable and Reckless, do you even care? Are you going to watch? I mean, I'm going to throw it over to Dustin first because I know he's a big NFL guy. He's like, um, he he's he doesn't even have it like wear specific team gear. He just wears a hat that says NFL. He's such a big NFL guy. With a shirt of Roger Goodell, his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how much I love the NFL. So here's here's the deal. I've been I've been souring for a long time, very long time. I haven't really enjoyed a Super Bowl since the helmet catch that defeated the team that everybody hates the most in America that not named the Cowboys, especially when Tom Brady was there. So (laughs) that, that was probably the last time that I would say I enjoyed a Super Bowl. That's a while ago. And over the years, I've kind of been less and less interested. Logan made a point at one point, one point over the past week or so it's like well there's you know i i kind of watch it at times just for the social aspect and i i went through that you know you get some people get together and you kind of just you kind of feel compelled right you gotta go i remember a couple sundays over the past decade where i went over to somebody's house to watch super bowl and it was like didn't really want to go didn't really feel like i wanted to be there but i didn't want to say no and you just kind of felt like well it's it's super bowl sunday you got to do it I'm hardcore out on the Super Bowl now. I would rather watch the Puppy Bowl than watch the Super <laughs> Bowl. And if those of you who don't know what the Puppy Bowl is, it's an adorable little Animal Planet show that's an alternative to the Super Bowl. Maybe you should check it out. But what one thing I told the guys this week, and, and this is how I feel, and maybe it's because the Redskins have been just so awful, or the Commodes <laughs> or the Washington football team or whatever, I'd rather Duke win an ACC road game, and I don't really care which road game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the Carolina game, although that would be preferable. I would rather them win one ACC road game than the Redskins win the Super Bowl. That's how little I care about the NFL. I am so over the NFL just as a product. I can't enjoy it. I like tried to keep up with the Redskins for a while, and then I couldn't enjoy that, and I'm just kind of done. I'm not going to become a fan of a different team. I'm not going to suddenly be a, you know, I don't know who's good anymore. I'm not going to become a Giants fan and, and be like, well, Daniel Jones was my my college quarterback that I cheered for. But it's, it's an awful I, – I just don't enjoy it. And I don't understand why so many people invest so much time and effort in their fantasy leagues and, and just – talking about it and drinking their Bud Lights and just, no. No, thank you. I don't want your shitty beer and I don't want your shitty football. I'd rather watch, I would rather watch as a buddy of ours told us this week, like Temple versus uh, I don't know, some South Dakota State in basketball on Sunday night as opposed to the whatever product the NFL is going to run out there. So that's how little I care about it. It's interesting you talk about the social aspect because obviously that's I'm in that phase. 
where you used to be, that's where I currently am. And you feel compelled almost like that episode of Seinfeld where they tried to get Kramer to wear the pink ribbon and he didn't want to wear the pink ribbon. Dustin has now got, gone full Kramer. He's like, well, I don't <laughs> want to wear the ribbon. I mean, that's where <laughs> Dustin is currently. <laughs> I'm still, you know, begrudgingly taking the ribbon and cussing under my breath and putting the ribbon on and walking with him <laughs> currently. But Dustin, he, he's gone full Kramer. <laughs> um, but I, I don't understand. I, I'll say this. I don't understand. I said I tried to ask my coworkers this because they're all like big NFL guys. And I've noticed that with a lot of people who are major NFL fans, they either went to a school or or don't have a school that they really pull for that like plays real competitive football. Like these guys are all um, are all like Liberty grads. Right. But um, (laughs) but uh, I told them, I said, I I just I never was a diehard NFL Redskins fan. I was a Redskins fan. I, I enjoyed watching a couple games here and there. Enjoyed going to a game when I could. But I just don't care anymore, and I'm tired of pretending to care. I'm tired of pretending to give a shit if Washington wins, to give a shit about what the game is on Sunday and Monday. Like, I do like fantasy football, but that's more for the gambling and the um, competition aspect amongst my friends. There's money on that. I enjoy that. I had money on the Royal Rumble amongst my friends uh, on WWE. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched it. It's just when you gamble with your friends on it, it makes it more fun. Like, But the NFL, I just don't care. Like, I don't I can't force myself to have a connection to a bunch of millionaires on a field who couldn't give a shit about me, who I have who are only there because they're being paid. And then the like, I I have much more of a connection to watch NC State go six and six um, than I do to watch whoever the flavor of the week is in the NFL win the Super Bowl. I can't fake that. I'm tired of pretending to fake that with the NFL. I don't care. I think the product is shittier. I realize they're the best players in the world and they're better players. Yes, but the overall product is shittier. The tailgate is way shittier. The culture is shittier. Like, it's just like you go to an NFL fan and there's just way, it's a way different vibe and feeling than going to a college game. I much prefer the college game. And plus, you have a five hour essential party before a college game and it's so much fun in the form of a tailgate. Instead, you go, to an NFL game and there's a bunch of dudes in a uh, football jersey with wearing a jersey of somebody who's 20 years younger than them with monster energy tattoos on their neck, drinking their shitty Bud Lights, like Dustin said, out in the parking lot where they saved up and, and spent $150 to go see the fucking team. They, they just, because they live near them, they suddenly have a massive connection to. Sorry, don't have a connection to them. Don't give a shit about the Panthers. Don't really care about the Redskins. This point, you know, it's, it's the wolf pack for me. For all the misery that they cause me, they keep me coming back. And every August, like to quote Michael Scott, I'm ready to be heard again. Redskins <laughs> couldn't care less. <laughs> Let me uh, go ahead. Did y'all see? This is kind of related. And this was a poke at Kansas City, which I love. Joe Burrow was quoted saying that fans are way louder at, in SEC games than they are in the NFL. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. Statistically, there's more of them in SEC games. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but they also don't engineer their uh, stadiums to be loud. Right. So um, they're open air stadiums in the South. It's true. <laughs> Just saying, you know, it's, the man, the man played it at a ton of stadiums in the Big Ten and played at a ton of stadiums in the SEC, and he played in all over the the country in the NFL and he says it's loudest in the SEC. Just say it. 
I mean, he he ain't wrong. Probably just means more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, Morgan, what about you, man? Like, how do you feel about Super Bowl? Are you gonna watch? Are you gonna? Uh, do you care? Um, I'll probably. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I might flip it on for a few minutes, but other than that, uh, hopefully there'll be some good commercials. But I feel like the whole commercial aspect of it had kind of has sucked for like the last 10 years. Well, Morgan, that love you brought up commercials because I hadn't really thought about that. But that used to be fun, right? Yeah. It's even taken that away from us because now all the commercials <laughs> are online like three weeks before the Super Bowl. Yeah. You, you used to have to see it in, the, in live, in the yeah. moment. Now they're, giving like like, the, now they're giving like preview trailers of the commercial, like yeah. on Sunday for the the, the full commercial. Yeah, like, get out of here! No, you're a fucking commercial. Bring out the Clydesdale with your crappy beer and and, <laughs> you know, an awful city and your five movie trailers that everyone's excited for. And, but no, they don't do any crap anymore. I think the last couple of years, a lot of the commercials had been on half the damn year. And the commercials used to be funny. Now they try to get too serious with commercials. Like, have the serious commercials the rest of the year. Let's have the funny, lighthearted commercials where on that time that you're spending, I think it's up to almost like $6 million for an ad spot now yeah. um, on the Super Bowl. Like, have the lighthearted, fun commercials that just like like I, the old uh, Doritos commercial from like 20 years ago where he was tackling everybody in the office. Like, that, that was funny stuff. But now it's just we, everything has to be so serious and, you know, tug at the heartstrings. Like, you know, sometimes I just want to laugh. <laughs> I don't need to do everything to be so damn serious all the time. I'll need it. Ryan, I guess you're up next, or what's your Super Bowl take? So I was listening to you guys talk. Um, obviously, as a veteran Super Bowler, it uh, seems like my team has been in the Super Bowl about half the times. That uh, You were talking about the helmet catch. Well, I've got a story for you because my team was in the Super Bowl. I was with Morgan and a bunch of other people. I was so confident we beat the Giants that I invited a bunch of people over to my apartment. Um, which helmet catch? Because I was with a bunch of other people the next time that there was a helmet catch against the Giants. <laughs> so, um, Eli Manning's a pretty funny guy since he retired. Uh, all that to say, in case you haven't figured it out, I've been a Patriots fan uh, for well over 20 years at this point. Uh, we are recording this podcast on the same day that Tom Brady uh, <clears throat> retired again. Supposedly, <laughs> supposedly this time for good. To, to, um, his, to his credit, I was. I heard his little speech on the radio, and he basically was like, "You only get one like long, grown out, emotional retirement thing." And he's like, "So I've already used that up last year. So yeah, I'm just I'm done." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically what he said. <laughs> the the one thing I'll add that I'll give Tom Brady credit. I like overall. I used to be a Tom Brady hater. About ten years ago, I grew to respect him, and now I'm just an Irish Tom Brady fan. I like Tom Brady. And I think Tampa Tom won me over. I think New England Tom, it was because he was in New England, but Tampa Tom won me over. But Tom Brady was is the greatest quarterback of all time. He joined social media late, and by God, if he isn't good at that too. <laughs> so yeah, Tom, Tom's just good at almost anything he chooses to do. You might have some people for the uh, social media thing. Yeah. 
All right. So I'll cut to the chase, just like Mr. Uh, Mr. Tommy um, in his announcement earlier today. Uh, I'll cut to the chase. I'm done. <laughs> exact quote or something similar. Um, in listening to you guys talk, it's been pretty interesting. I prefaced all that by saying I'm a Patriots fan, so you know my 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 bent. Um, we talk a lot about music on this show. Here's the way I look at it. Tom Brady, 2001, even the Patriots being in 96, I was in middle school. Um, that ages me. They went to the Super Bowl against Brett Favre. Um, the Patriots were a the equivalent of a fun band that is playing, um, you know, shows maybe, maybe like a, like a Morgan Wade, you think to yourself, like, this is cool. I'm excited to go see this, right? Like this, this will be kind of awesome. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, like they have a really good record that like, maybe they win some awards for it's kind of, and then like they win some more awards and then they put out a second record and everybody knows the second record sucks. Right. Well, then they, they win more awards for the second record. And now all of a sudden they're in the stratosphere. And by the time they won awards for the third record, it's like, okay, wait a second. So like our cold play is still going to be like the dweebs or are they going to be like the guys that like run the world? And then it gets to a point after about 15 years where to you guys' point about commercials, where you can't go see a Coldplay concert anymore. Now you got to like, first of all, Coldplay is now responsible for all the problems in the world like volcanoes erupting and everything else because the cold play came out and then the recession is their problem and everything else. And if you want to go see a concert by cold play, right? Well, first of all, you got to go into a stadium, <clears throat> an NFL stadium. And second of all, it's always sponsored by something, right? It's never just cold play, the band it's cold play sponsored by Motorola or whatever. And everybody's got to have the little Motorola thing around their wrist to make the move. And it's real cool and it's real fun. But it's not the, you guys are talking about the vibe. It's not the vibe. It's professional, right? There's, they're paying people. This is the same thing with Kenny Chesney. You think Kenny Chesney takes his, it's a wonderful show that fills NFL stadiums, but he takes what? Hundreds of people on the road with him. He has to be professional, right? So I kind of view Bill Belichick and the Patriots the same way, where it's, it's this band that I started with that I really love. And if I have the opportunity living in Maryland to watch the Patriots, I will watch them each week. But am I interested in watching the other 31 superstar bands? No, I didn't follow their rise. I'm not interested in them. So when you ask about the Super Bowl, if the Patriots aren't in it, I will watch it because there generally isn't a whole lot of other programming that's on that's interesting because nobody goes, nobody goes up against the Super Bowl <laughs> with the exception of the Puppy Bowl. However, um, if the Patriots aren't in it, it kind of loses its luster because, I mean, I guess I'm, my brother-in-law is an Eagles fan, but like I can't in good faith cheer for the Eagles because they took mm. one of us too with their stupid Philly special crap and their dog masks and everything else. Can't really cheer for Mahomes because that's like cheering for a Muppet. So, no. Am I interested? No, I'm not interested in Kermit the Frog versus the horseshit eaters. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. So, basically, that's a long way of me saying if the Patriots aren't in it, slash if my favorite band isn't headlining the festival, then no, I'm not going to go stand in line and watch. And, but if it's on and, you know. I happen to see the festival and there's happens to be, oh, we click to it on a Sunday night and the festival happens to be playing. And I don't have to go. I don't have to stand in the crowds. I don't have to drink the beer. I don't have to have all the sponsorships thrown at me constantly. 110%. Sure. I'll watch it. 
Patriots, that's a different story. Then you'll get my money. Then you'll get my attention. And that's the way I've kind of been with the NFL. It's very difficult uh, for me to kind of give a shit more than that about anything in the NFL, when it, unless it's with my team that I've grown with. That that's kind of like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it, and I watch it mainly just for the social aspect of if I'm watching it with people or just the Monday morning water cooler talk. It's just the reality of it. But I just have found myself not really caring that much about professional sports the last five years. I don't watch the NBA. I don't watch the NFL. I wait till after the all-star break to start paying attention to baseball. I wait till closer to the end of the season to pay attention to hockey. And I've gotten to where I only make a point to watch the majors for the, for golf. Like I'll, if there's nothing else on, I'll throw golf on in the background. Cause golf is a very relaxing program on Sunday. Like, but that's more entertaining to me than the NFL is. Like, especially when you kind of get to know the personalities and of, of the golfers. But the NFL, I just, it's very sanitized. It's very boring. It's like it, your analogy there was spot on. It's when an artist gets really big and it's, it's very corporate. And I, I just don't like that. The college football still has some grit. Now, they're, they're trying to ruin that. We've talked about that. We've got probably got 30 episodes of this podcast if you want to hear more about that. But college football still has some grit and some tradition to it. And as long as that's still some semblance of that is around, you know, I'm still going to go to those games and watch those games. But it's just it's and not the same. Don't forget pure old fashioned hate. Yeah. Oh, see, that's the thing that separates the NFL. Like, I hate when people talk about NFL robberies, how much they hate. I'm sorry. Like, until you like literally start laughing at your friends crying for their team losing, you don't really uh, hate each other. I mean, you're talking about your rival being in another state. My rival, I, I work with out in the general population in North Carolina. I run into it at the Walmart. Like, because <laughs> lots of Carolina fans go to Walmart. That's where, where they buy their gear. But <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, like, it's not the day-to-day interaction that you have, like, with college athletics. It's just, you know, as the SEC says, it just means more. For your, uh, I'll take a dig at, at your fans, Logan. You should tell everyone to go to the red and white store in the Orvis parking lot. <laughs> oh, I, I love the red and white store. That's I've I, I've bought so many things from there. I bought at least two presents for Emmy for from there. Her Dustin, her Christmas present this year, the NC State shirt came from the red and white store. <laughs> big, I'm a big red and white store guy. It's the poor man's Johnny T-shirt. Just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, or see that there's that elitist attitude again. We're we're blue collar working man people. I mean, we don't have to have bow ties and argyle in the front window to draw our people. In the in. same shopping center as in the whole That is true. Don't play me. I've been there. <laughs> to the shopping center. <laughs> oh, the red and white store is fantastic, though. Big fan of that. I've said that if I ever won the lottery, I'd buy half the store. I like there. I want to buy so many things when I'm in there, but I I just can't because of financial constraints. But your point stands. 
if Morgan wants to trade barbs, we, we, you know, I know enough about Blacksburg, right? It's in my family. Literally my brother owns a house there. If you want to talk about NC state, I can trade barbs with you about the BS knockoff stores that they have. You know what I mean? And obviously me and Dustin can go back and forth. Why do I know a guy who had a three pointer in 1991? That's 22 years ago or whatever. It's 32 years ago. There's no reason for a guy who's approaching 40 to know, remember something from another team from 32 years ago. <laughs> or or to be petty enough and at the top of this program and be like comparing national championships with the head coaches for the game this weekend, which again, that was John Shire has two. Hubert Davis has one. John, John has one as a player and a coach. Hubert was an assistant as for one of those so he got one as a coach scoreboard but it it's funny it's funny dustin when you were talking about like how many teams in north carolina and you're like pesky nc state and then wick forest on occasion i'm like how many states in college basketball can say that the third best program in the state still has two national championships i mean north carolina in my opinion is the mecca of college basketball well it was declared by governor cooper last year so it's true <laughs> <laughs> he didn't just say it he declared it he declared <laughs> it's pretty it's actually pretty cool it across so uh something i was listening to the other day was talking about we're going down a rabbit hole but i'm gonna do it talking about the permanent rivals in uh the acc and you know the new model for football <clears throat> and uh you know Across North Carolina and Virginia and South Carolina, there's a lot of like fun connections there of teams that are close together. Um, and you know, Duke's playing all the North Carolina schools, Carolina's playing uh, a couple of North Carolina schools plus UVA. Um, Wake, I don't remember theirs, I think they have somebody at random, but state, y'all have Clemson, and then you have Duke and Carolina. It's there's a, what six universities right there within a very small radius of one another, all kind of like jockeying against one another. And that's if that's not the heart and soul of sort of what we talk about all the time with the conference and with the what we love about college sports, basically from Charlottesville down to Clemson and everything in between. Like, I don't know what it is. And uh, there's a reason it's not just tax breaks that the ACC headquarters is Greensboro and eventually going to be in Charlotte. It's six of the, of the sort of the teams that kind of help this conference be what it is are all right there together and are all going to be rivals and in, in or permanent opponents in football. So it's, uh, it is, it's good old fashioned, like neighbors hating neighbors, you know, poking fun at your friends. You're happy when they're sad. You know, you laugh at them when they cry, like that kind of stuff. Steps outside the state, too. I mean, North Carolina has rivalry with Tennessee, period. It's more in basketball right now than it is in anything. Just the state itself. Um, obviously, you've got the Kentucky situation with the SEC and the ACC with Kentucky and Louisville, for sure. Kentucky and Duke and Kentucky and North Carolina obviously go at it. You've got the Appalachian stuff with Pittsburgh and West Virginia and Virginia and then uh, Virginia Tech, right? 
And then there's I mean, even South Carolina and the the public schools here, UNC and NC State, there's a long series with that because you know that that dates back to back when that was a conference matchup. I mean, we we tend to alternate who plays them every four or five years in Charlotte. I mean, that's still been a series that both schools have kind of maintained. We'll play them first game this fall. We play South Carolina and Clemson. And my comment to you guys is cool. We can win the Carolinas. <laughs> probably, won't, probably won't happen, but like. Oh, Mac was, com- Mac was complaining about the schedule the other day. Oh, well. All he right. said it. He said they did him. They did UNC wrong, and he goes, "You'll see why when he gets released." And what he, one, you you play four road games this year, or like you have a neutral side, so you play four road games. But he didn't like how, he, and I, I get the complaint, but I also think it's a little bit ridiculous. It, he's complaining that you end the season and back to back weeks on the road against Clemson and then NC State. That's going to be a tough stretch. So I understand his complaints <laughs> there, but still, it's four road games. <laughs> yeah. considering, considering we played. Um, in Chapel Hill last year. It doesn't make sense that we go to Raleigh, but, you know, when you get older, you lose track of things <laughs> that don't fit your narrative. It happens on the <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, next year, Duke has Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame. So, you know, We have what Florida State of that, of that crew, thankfully. Now, I will, yeah. I'm going to say this before we probably should move on to the next topic, but um, I've, I've joked with Jordan about this, but I told Jordan that he better be glad that me and him have been friends as long as we have. And he, I value our friendship as much as I do because I'm in his wedding and his wedding is happens to fall on the same day as the home opener against Notre Dame. Mm. <sighs> Hate to miss that one, but you know, sometimes weddings in the fall. Yeah. What? I guess he is a basketball fan. (laughs) So wait, when you say you hate to miss that one, I assume you mean his way. (laughs) He didn't specify. (laughs) (laughs) TBD. I'm just playing. (laughs) Is that what you wrote on the invitation? TBD. Well, I mean, I'm I'm in the wedding, so I really don't have much of a choice on this one. I still would go even if I wasn't. To the wedding, but but well, I'm I'm in I'm in the wedding, kind of kind of have to be there. You have, I mean, you have a choice. It just would, you know, technically keep keep a friend to go to a game. How, <laughs> right. how how far is the game from his wedding? Greenville to Raleigh. How long have you been friends? Since we were like nine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, strong, so is it a so okay? So yeah. Is it a strong friendship? I mean, can you? Yeah, I'd say it is. <laughs> I mean, they do a podcast, but you can do a podcast. You know, you you could do a. You know, why don't you offer as a wedding gift just doing a podcast with them that week? <laughs> and, yeah, then, then maybe day of, like <laughs> during their picture time. <laughs> just start filming content while he's at. Uh, up there trying to get married and be like, Jordan, what do you think about this? But it's a betting podcast, right? More or less. Yeah, there, that's it. There's a heavy contingent. Yeah. An element of that. So wouldn't it be appropriate then to, to, to have lines on certain things about the marriage? The over under on how long the wedding ceremony takes. Yeah. 
who who gets drunkest? Would that be from the groom or from the bride's side? Uh, I think I think we already know who the heavy favorite on that one is. It's a I won't a, say his name on this podcast, but it's a mutual friend of mine and his that's also in the wedding. We um I think he's the heavy favorite on that one. Depending on on if it's an indoor or outdoor wedding, the weather, you can take odds on. I mean, I, there's there's a lot to. I'm just saying. I think it's a great idea to do a podcast the day of, as you know. A way to also it's probably you could also have the tv on you know while you're doing the podcast you could be watching the game i'm just saying <laughs> well see that's where he was talking about with um his fiance. He, he was telling her he was like you know it's in the fall but it, i think it worked out to, for where he doesn't care as much because carolina's not at home but you know it comes back to full circle Back to how college athletics and your rivals you don't really care if they have to miss their games as long as your team is on the road it's fine. But, you know, like I said, he's too close of a friend for me to uh, see the NC State Notre Dame game. Sam Hartman coming into Carter Finley Stadium once again. This is a big one to miss. It really is. And then I it joked with him, one. too. I said, you know, going to his bachelor party, we're going to Biloxi. Um, I'm already between the, the travel accommodations and, and uh, housing accommodations. I'm $1,000 in before even getting on the plane. I was like, Notre Dame game, all of this. I said, you better be glad that you're one of my best friends. <laughs> See, how did he choose Biloxi? Uh, three casinos nearby the house, and we're going on the first weekend of college basketball NCAA tournament. You can go to a casino in, uh, well, Virginia or Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Pittsburgh and go to a casino. I don't know if he's aware of the new laws like that most states have that allow that permit gambling, but (laughs) (laughs) hell y'all could have gone to Richmond. Probably not spent that much money. (laughs) Shit. We could have just drove up to the faux show at uh, Emporia and put up the Barcelona sports book app. Just gambled all day on that. (laughs) There you go. Maybe Ric Flair (laughs) will be there. I can tell you what it's like to miss. I think I'm remembering this correctly. Morgan. What is you don't have to say this on the air if you don't want to, but is your anniversary date the 7th or the 1st? I don't remember which one. The 7th. That's what I thought. So, then, I, Logan, I can officially tell you that I also understand what it's like to miss a football game when your team is playing Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> a certain someone got married on a day. I was not in the wedding, but a certain someone, I, I, I helped. But a certain someone got married on a day where my football team, at least they sucked ass that year. They were one in five when they played Notre Dame and they got <laughs> beat down badly <laughs> from what I'm looking up on the internet. It wasn't even close. <laughs> so bad you didn't remember. Yeah. It looks like we scored uh, three points in the fourth quarter to uh, uh, close out 34% of our scoring that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh, yeah. I, the only reason I couldn't remember is because I had Morgan's wedding and then I had my brother-in-law's wedding. So I was absentee on back-to-back <laughs> um, North Carolina football games. And I remember that they lost them both. I just couldn't remember which one was which. <laughs> it wasn't a great year. Oh, would you like to know who it was that we lost for my brother-in-law's? You, this will come as a huge shock to you guys. Uh, it was Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> Just part of that ridiculous streak that UNC has against Georgia Tech. Yeah, 
Yeah, and the scores were almost exactly the same. So at least I was happily at two weddings of two people I care about very much and not throwing things at the TV. This could work out in your favor, Logan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, so I don't have a good track record when I go to a wedding and State is playing on the same day because 2016, uh, my buddy Justin from college, he's from the Outer Banks. He got married in Creedmoor here in North Carolina, and we actually just saw him this past weekend. And I, I got to think about his wedding. His wedding was a lot of fun. Um, but I remember Andy and I were, Clint was in the wedding. Me and Andy were just invited. So we drove to the wedding and we were had to watch the the last little bit of State versus Clemson in Death Valley as we were pulling into the parking lot to get, and then State shanks that 33-yard field goal that would have won it. Then they lose in overtime. That So, like, I don't have a good track record on winning games on days that I'm attending a wedding. I, I watched that in that Ace Hardware in Matthews, Virginia. <laughs> so, so you were in a, a wedding parking lot, and I was in the and, Ace Hardware in Matthews, Virginia, watching the shank. And by wedding parking lot, I meant I parked in a field on a farm in Creedmoor. <laughs> Funny enough, Dustin, he married, she's not from our hometown, but he married Miss Wallet, my first grade teacher. Her also mine, if that yeah. tells you how old that Miss Wallet must be. Yeah, it's her granddaughter. My goodness. Yeah, small world. Small like, I, I was talking to his wife at their house uh, last Sunday, and I was like, ask her. She, she looked at me funny. Um, I said, what's your grandma's name? And she was like, this is a weird question, but I'm going <laughs> to answer it. And she tells me both her grandma's names. And I was like, Carolyn, yeah, that one. I said, well, she was my first grade teacher. She goes, oh, my gosh, no way. I said, yeah. <laughs> she goes, she really taught lots of generations, didn't she? I said, that she did. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been on the tail end of that. I, I said, and the, the funny thing about it was, like, Andy and I were, uh, they had, like, a beer line, like this this keg that was there. And we, we kept going through it, obviously, because we were, like, 22. 2016 we were 22 and nobody was out of control but everybody was obviously a little tuned up at that point and um miss wallet you know has the the one of the best memories i've ever seen in my life she looks at me and she goes logan andy like that woman had not seen us since we were in first grade <laughs> and <laughs> she she recognized us and i turned around and i was like oh shit and then in my head i'm thinking it's miss wallet it'll be cool to see her and then i'm also thinking I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Taught you first grade, not Sunday school. That's true. <laughs> mm, she was, she was a very good teacher. She was just very strict. I apologize to America. I guess I can't say in advance for us clearly being able. This is what happens when we when we know we're about to see each other. We just we just go off of, off of, on tangents and deep end. <laughs> This happens every time. <laughs> yeah. It really does every year. This has happened every year. We're we like two more Raleigh. Anyways, I I was drinking a Pepsi in second grade, and <laughs> <laughs> funny it thing probably was, would the next be time a Pepsi she saw me. Grade is yeah, the thing. It would have been. And the funny and the funny thing was the next time she saw me, I was still drinking a Pepsi, but this time it had Jim Beam in it. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> I think that's how that works, right? <laughs> What's funny is, to Ryan's point, we had two more segments planned that we just ran out of time for that we'll have to do another week. <laughs> because between the NFL talk and college versus NFL and Joe Burrow's comments, I mean, it, it just kind of 
Got a little long on us. I don't. It mind. writes itself. It I does. was more just laughing at the idea of of we're like yeah, so we get together and uh, uh, people that are listening to this might be like, uh, why are you telling us this? Like clearly you guys get together. It's like well we do live in two three different states. We hardly ever see each other. This is the only time I think that the four of us get together with the wives. And I'm the more I'm listening to our stories and learning. 109 episodes in the more i'm realizing why the wives only get together with us once (laughs) (laughs) oh we're gonna go to the place with no tvs so you guys can just stare at your phones the whole time okay got it cool (laughs) oh wait let me guess we're gonna have to hear the story about logan's first grade teacher again We're going to stand up there and be like, that's the trash can that I threw up in when I didn't listen to Jenny about not eating prime rib and then followed by ice cream. (laughs) Then had a couple beers on top. So uh, I went to go visit my brother this weekend. This will be a very short story. Long story short, it was very cold (laughs) because my brother lives in Norfolk, Virginia, or as they say, Norfolk. And uh, when we were down there, there's a new ice cream place that opened up why i don't know but it's walking distance from my brother's place so uh what i realized is immediately as soon as we went to the ice cream parlor the first thought that went through my head well we were walking to the ice cream parlor regardless of whether or not how cold it is outside was what did everybody have to eat before we're getting ice cream because i now pretty much have ptsd from your experience (laughs) This plus ice cream equals bad. So yep. <laughs> the immediate thought process, especially with youngins, was uh, my 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 nieces was well. Wait a second, hold on. What did they just eat? Because they had literally just eaten something for lunch, and I was thinking through in my head like, okay, well, who's gonna have an upset stomach, and who's gonna? <laughs> so it's funny you brought that story up because literally I was thinking about that story, and I was like. It's one of those stories you just don't bring up because it's just not necessary to tell other people. <laughs> I can't remember if it was you or Morgan that were telling me a while back that y'all were like, looked over and y'all were like, hey, look at that guy. He's throwing up in the trash can. And then y'all were like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Other other people who didn't have any context were probably like, man, that guy really got after it. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing it was, it was like 10 minutes after we showed up. <laughs> Is that place open? Morgan Street Food Hall. Yeah. It is open. The one in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. The one in Wilmington was all COVID y. Apparently, you get COVID when you go into the street food hall, but you can go into the Whole Foods in Wilmington. So that made a lot of sense. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, maybe we'll do that. There you go. Put it on your list. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, Road Trip Rally this weekend. Looking forward to that. Uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple podcast, Amazon and Stitcher. Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com for blog content and merch. Um, we went a little, little random this week, but you know, sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, as the kids say, um, for this episode of miserable and reckless, I'm Logan Tinder with Morgan, Dustin, Ryan. We'll see you next time.